2: The record-smashing heat, with tens of millions of Americans under heat advisories, the deadly weather gripping the country. A heat dome settles over much of the U.S. as an early-season heat wave hits the Northeast and Midwest. When will the heat break? And out West, a tinderbox. Wildfires force evacuations after severe drought. America strikes back. How the Justice Department got back millions in ransom paid by Colonial Gas Pipeline. Alzheimer's drug approved. The FDA greenlights the first new drug for Alzheimer's disease in nearly two decades. How it works and why some worry about the price tag. Vaccine slowdown. New worries that a lag in shots could lead to a summer surge. Harris's warning to migrants. The vice president in Guatemala tonight with a message to those hoping to come to the U.S. Do not come. Will the blunt message work? Road rage killing arrest. Two people brought in for the death of a six-year-old. Warnings ignored. Did Fisher-Price know of potential problems with its rock-and-play infant sleeper, now linked to 90 deaths? Royal baby Harry and Meghan's daughter is born. How her name honors the Queen and Princess Diana. Primed for launch, Amazon's Jeff Bezos is going to space, who he's bringing along for the ride. And greatest of all time, Simone Viles raises the bar, proving there's no better gymnast.
3: the CBS Evening News with Nora O'Donnell, reporting
1: from the nation's capital.
2: Good evening, and thank you for joining us. We're going to begin tonight with breaking news, record breaking news for millions of Americans who are now enduring the season's first heat wave. From Maine to New Mexico, the U.S. is seeing historic high temperatures, sweltering in dangerous hot air that's arrived earlier than usual, catching many off guard. Tonight, major cities from Boston to Washington, D.C. are declaring weather emergencies, actually closing schools and opening cooling centers just as the country was getting back on its feet from the pandemic. And as we come on the air, more than half the U.S. is experiencing this above-average heat, which tonight is spawning severe storms and flash flooding in the south and fueling wildfires in the west, leading to red flag warnings and evacuations. CBS's Lonnie Quinn is standing by to tell us just how long this is going to last. But first, CBS's Mola Lengi is going to lead off our coverage tonight from Boston. Good evening, Mola.
3: Well, good evening, Nora. You know, the near record temperatures we're feeling here in Boston is part of the Northeast's first heat wave of the year. And, you know, it doesn't end here. Much of the rest of the country is dealing with some form of extreme weather from the heat to flooding. And in some cases, it's deadly. Boston is under a heat emergency. Temperatures rose above 90 degrees for the third consecutive day.
4: In the last
5: couple of days, we've had 18 calls that we've flagged as being uh, you know, directly heat-related.
1: But on top of that, we've seen a 31% increase in our call volume for the last uh, 48 hours. Many flocked to cooling centers and
3: neighboring parks. Why'd you guys come out here today? Uh, It's hot, yeah. (laughs) More than 24 million people from the Northern Plains to New England and parts of Texas are under a heat advisory. Today, at least six states set record highs. It was a similar story in Wisconsin, where libraries are offering an escape.
2: We changed our policy to allow drink in the library so people can bring their water bottle in or um, fill their water bottle.
3: Severe drought conditions across the West have helped fuel two wildfires in Arizona, forcing hundreds to evacuate homes outside of Phoenix. More than 100,000 acres have burned. In neighboring Utah, the dry conditions prompted the governor to call for a weekend of prayer. We
1: need more rain, and we need it now. We need some
3: divine intervention. The heat and humidity also produced scattered severe thunderstorms from Alabama to Texas, where a woman's body was recovered after floodwaters swept her car off the road. More than 100 homes were flooded outside of Houston. Back here in Boston, it's expected to be another scorcher out here tomorrow with temperatures above 90 for the fourth straight day. Meanwhile, in Minneapolis, about a dozen schools today announced that they're moving to remote learning starting tomorrow as the extreme heat there is expected to continue throughout the week, Nora.
2: All right, Mola thank you. So the big question, when will the heat wave break? Let's now get the forecast from CBS's Lonnie Quinn. Hey there, Lonnie.
5: Okay, well, let's get right to it, then, because that that is what everybody wants to know. When do we get rid of all this stifling heat? Here's how it's going to work out. If you take a look at the northeast today, and, boy, the grip of the heat was just immense all over the area. In fact, the closer you got to Canada, the hotter the temperatures got. The biggest number I can show you for the northeast is Burlington, Vermont, hitting 96 degrees today, and that is a record. But it's not just... The Northeast, I mean, basically anywhere to the east of Phoenix has temperatures well above average. But if you look at this map, you see where that low pressure is below all that heat. We have some heat advis, excuse me, we have some flood advisories out there from Texas into Louisiana. And as you go into your into your day tomorrow, we talked about how the heat's going nowhere. Look at these temperatures for Tuesday. Record highs out around Fargo. You could be, you know, in the upper 90s. You're looking at 96 possibly in Boston. That would be a record as well. Heat indexes, when you factor in the humidity, makes it feel that much worse. When does it all break? By the time you get to Thursday and Friday, the temperatures for the Northeast will drop a good 10 to even 20 degrees from where they are right now. Nora.
2: All right, Lonnie Quinn, thank you. And we're going to turn now to a remarkable development in the Colonial Pipeline hack that disrupted gas supplies for more than a week. Tonight, we learned the Justice Department recovered most of the ransom that Colonial paid. CBS's Jeff Pegues on how investigators did it.
6: As gas stations began shutting down after the ransomware attack disrupted Colonial Pipeline's operations, the FBI says Darkside, the Russian cybercriminals linked to the ransomware attack, were leaving digital fingerprints valuable to investigators. Among the clues, a cryptocurrency address where Colonial was ordered to send a $4.3 million payment to restore its operations. Newly released court documents show investigators use what they uncovered to track those funds to an online digital wallet operated by the cyber gang and then obtain the wallet's private key, enabling agents to seize the funds.
7: We turned the tables on Darkside.
6: Lisa Monaco is the deputy attorney general.
7: The Department of Justice has found and recaptured The majority of the ransom colonial paid. Experts say
6: they are fighting an uphill battle against cybercriminals, which FBI Director Christopher Wray compared on Friday to the 9-11 terror attacks. The Bureau is now investigating 100 types of ransomware, including one last week, which disrupted JVS, the largest meat distributor in the world. Nora, this announcement was clearly meant to send a message to the cyber criminals, just like the one on Thursday, in which the Department of Justice announced that it was going to investigate these ransomware cases like terrorism cases. And that means following the money, or in this case, Bitcoin.
2: Nora. Mm, Jeff Pegues, thank you. Well, tonight, there's a new weapon in the fight against Alzheimer's disease. The FDA just approved a new drug to fight the major cause of Alzheimer's, despite concerns about the cost and its effectiveness. Here's CBS's Dr. John LaPook.
4: It's the first drug for Alzheimer's approved in nearly two decades. The FDA is saying it is urgently needed to treat the devastating disease affecting more than six million Americans. The drug, called Aduhelm, clears away clumps of protein in the brain so-called amyloid plaques that are characteristic of the disease.
2: This treatment ushers in a new era in Alzheimer's treatments, going beyond just that symptom treatment
7: to underlying biology.
4: The FDA said in a statement that the reduction in plaques is reasonably likely to predict a clinical benefit. But today's announcement is controversial because previous studies have found that reducing plaque does not necessarily help patients with Alzheimer's. Last November, Dr. Caleb Alexander was on an FDA advisory committee that voted against recommending approval. What are your objections to approval of this drug? Well, I think the jury is still out on whether it works. And in
8: this instance, I think that the evidence is still quite murky as to the effectiveness of this
4: product. Adelhelm trials have had mixed outcomes for patients. One trial
8: failed and one trial was partially positive. And essentially, that, that leaves a great deal of explaining to do regarding what accounts for these discordant results.
4: But 57-year-old Jeff Borgoff, who has been living with symptoms of Alzheimer's for six years and has been part of the clinical trials, welcomes anything that might help.
1: We're not giving up on this one because it's shown promise. It's shown promise in me.
2: And Dr. LePoop joins us now. So, John, when is this drug the most effective
4: The thinking is, the sooner the better, Nora. Remember that previous drugs that decrease amyloid in the brain haven't worked, and it may just be that we're giving it too late. When you think about the fact that the FDA has approved a drug that costs $56,000 and for which it's requiring further study, it just shows you how desperate everybody is for any ray of hope in this disease that is absolutely soul-crushing.
2: And affects so many people, Dr. LaPook. Thank you. And we're going to turn now to the fight against COVID and growing concern about the slowing rate of vaccinations across the country. They're actually down 75 percent since the April peak. We get more now from CBS's Janet Shamlan.
9: The president's drive to get 70 percent of Americans vaccinated by the 4th of July is hitting roadblocks, even with million dollar lotteries and free beer. In a handful of states, mostly in the South, fewer than half of adults have had a shot. The rate's so low, it would take Mississippi more than a year to reach the 70% vaccination goal and two and a half years for Alabama. Vaccine rates in much of the South are low. What are the consequences going into fall if they continue to stay low? It's not just
8: that they're low, they're really low. If you remember this time last year, We were looking pretty good. And then we saw this massive surge. And I worry with the low vaccination rates in the South, um, we could see something like that again.
9: The hesitancy includes hospital workers. A USA Today study found workers fully vaccinated at the nation's largest hospitals range from 91% at the high end to just 51%. Houston's Methodist says its rate is 99% for its 26,000 workers across eight campuses. The hospital is requiring staff to be vaccinated by midnight or risk losing their job.
8: We have incredible real world experience to show that these are safe and effective. And we're in a pandemic here and we are a hospital system that cares for vulnerable people.
9: More than 100 employees have filed suit against the hospital, including nurse Jennifer Bridges. Why have you decided not to get vaccinated? There's not enough research on board. It's not fully FDA approved. It's still experimental.
8: Well, frankly, you know, that that's a, a nonsense claim.
9: Jennifer Bridges says she won't change her mind, and tonight will be her last shift. The federal government recently updated vaccine guidance for employers, saying they could require workers to be vaccinated but had to allow for medical and religious exemptions. But this case could soon be decided in court, possibly setting a precedent for the rest of the country.
2: Nora? Many will be watching. Janet and thank you. Vice President Kamala Harris is in Central America tonight in an effort to address the corruption and violence causing migrants to flee to the area and come to the U.S. CBS's Ed O'Keefe is traveling with the vice president in Guatemala.
0: vice
8: Vice President Harris used her first appearance on the world stage to deliver a blunt message to migrants seeking to enter the U.S. illegally. Do not come.
9: Do not come. If you come to our border, you will be turned back.
8: Traveling in Guatemala today, Harris, tasked by President Biden with managing the border crisis, announced a series of initiatives designed to turn the tide here.
9: We are working on a task force that is about human smuggling.
8: The administration has committed more than $300 million to Central America so far, part of a four-year, $4 billion relief plan designed to help alleviate the poverty and crime that drives many people to make the more than 2,000-mile trek to the U.S. But the White House knows more funding will do little good if it also doesn't root out corruption in the region. Harris isn't shying away from the issue. Do you consider the governments of El Salvador, Guatemala, Honduras, Mexico, or any other in this region to be corrupt?
9: The conversation that I had with President Yamate today was very frank and very candid. But Guatemala's President Alejandro Yamate
8: bristled when asked by CBS. Y señor presidente... If he's part of the problem.
9: How many cases of corruption have I been accused?
8: Zero. The vice president's trip to the region is high stakes, not only for an administration facing intense criticism of border security, but also for her future political ambitions and her place in history as the first female vice president traveling abroad.
9: I welcome showing anyone, whatever your race or gender, that you may be the first to do anything, make sure you're not the last.
8: Harris also announced that the Departments of Homeland Security, Justice and State will be more aggressively targeting transnational crimes like human trafficking and working to promote legal immigration from Central America. She heads next to Mexico
2: for meetings there. Nora? Ed O'Keefe in Guatemala City. Thank you, Ed. All right, tonight in Southern California, two suspects are being held on a million dollars bail each in the shooting death of six-year-old Aiden Laos. He was killed last month in a possible road rage incident while his mom was driving him to kindergarten. 24-year-old Marcus Erez and his 23-year-old girlfriend, Win Lee, were arrested Sunday. Today, Instagram video emerged showing Erez firing guns. Police are investigating whether any were used in the shooting of Laos. All right, now to some shocking testimony today at the Capitol. A top executive from Fisher-Price admitted at least 90 infant deaths had been linked to the company's recalled rock-and-play inclined sleeper. CBS's Anna Warner has reported extensively on the dangers associated with those sleepers. The
7: Legislators condemned Mattel and Fisher-Price knowing- executives, saying they failed to ensure the product was safe before bringing it to market in 2009. It is clear that Fisher-Price has not been honest with the American public. In a report, investigators found Fisher-Price and parent company Mattel ignored critical warnings from pediatricians, parents, and foreign regulators that the product was dangerous. Doctors say babies must sleep on a flat surface, but the rock and play put babies at a 30-degree angle. In 2011, Sarah Thompson lost her 15-week-old son, Alexander. Does that pain ever go away? No. Um, no, it's been 10 years and I still, I still cry. A year later, Fisher-Price was notified of an infant's death. Then in 2013, a doctor wrote the company the product was unsafe. But Fisher-Price did not recall the rock and play until 2019 and now admits at least 90 babies have died.
8: Is there a, an acceptable death quota? And we're talking babies here.
4: If even one loss of life is too many? right. So why didn't you pause and recall the product then? The reason is because all the study and research and information that we gathered did not show that the product was unsafe.
7: Fisher-Price insists the Rock and Play had extensive testing and met or exceeded all applicable regulatory standards. But the report concluded manufacturers hold too much power, regulators not nearly enough. Anna Werner, CBS News, Berkeley, California.
2: Billionaire Jeff Bezos is the second richest man in the world, and today he said he wants to leave Earth. Bezos said he will take a seat on the first crewed flight for his company, Blue Origin. His brother, Mark, will also be on board. Another seat is being auctioned off. The first flight to the edge of space is set for July 20th. That is actually the 52nd anniversary of Apollo 11's moon landing. All right. Queen Elizabeth and members of the royal family were among the first to send congratulations to Prince Harry and his wife, Meghan, after the birth of their second child, who is eighth in line to the British throne. Her name, Lilibet Diana Mountbatten-Windsor. Lilibet is the queen's nickname within the family, and the baby's middle name honors her late grandmother, Princess Diana. Simone Biles has dominated U.S. gymnastics for nearly a decade, and last night she reminded America once again why she's the greatest of all time. Two
1: flips, two twists, one piece of
2: air.
4: <laughs> well, Seven time national champion.
2: With that, Simone Biles landed a record-breaking seventh U.S. gymnastics championship more than any other woman in history. Instead of being sidelined after the pandemic postponed the 2020 Olympics, Biles trained even harder. Never been done before, and it it's called the Biles. Known for her signature moves, Biles won without having to perform one of her most difficult, the Yurchenko double pike vault. Wow. The 24-year-old gymnast says she's trying to enjoy the win, which could be one of her last championships.
6: It's really emotional, especially going into my second time doing um, an Olympic run.
2: The greatest of all time, wow. showing she can still raise the bar. <laughs> biles beat the competition by nearly five points next for her are the u.s olympic trials in just over two weeks and then come the tokyo summer olympics in july all right it could be a game changer in the fight against obesity and we'll look at a promising new drug tomorrow and if you can't watch us live set your dvr so you can watch us later that's tonight's cbs evening news good night